The problem is all inside your head she said to me. Oh yeah. The answer is easy in your struggle to be free. Oh yeah. I'd like to help you in your struggle to be free. Oh yeah. There must be 50 ways to leave a freighter captain. Hello and welcome to the rules of deep space. Wait, no, <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> The rules of acquisition. That that's that's correct. Uh, a podcast where we talk about every single episode of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. We are just getting into season four, where the shit gets good. With me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey guys, and Hugh Crawford. Hello, gentlemen. How we doing? <laughs> okay, but uh, my name is Wade Bowen, and yes. We're going through every single episode of Deep Space Nine right now. We are in the, what, the, what is this, the fourth episode of season four. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah, when you used to say every episode of Deep Space Nine, it sounded like such a labor. Now it's, now it's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Now this, it's, this is. We're in, in indiscretion. Yes. This is episode four of season four. It originally aired on October 23rd, 1995. Uh, and the IMDb description is as follows. Kira and Goldicott go after the lost person ship Rat... What, how do you pronounce this again? Ravenock. Yeah, Ravenock. Ducat has a secret. Meanwhile, Cassidy Yates tries to find work near Bajor, leaving Cisco uncomfortable. That's a horrible... <laughs> that is a horrible description for this show. Because it gives, it gives Cassidy Yates, uh, like... Uh, you know, a lot more. It sounds like it's a Cassidy Yates show. Yeah. It? Well, it, it, it sounds like women be stepping or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. Well, yeah, oh, she makes him uncomfortable. He's the one with the problem. <laughs> she a woman? You getting close? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know how women be. Yes. Like, no, that's not. You move it here on the, where <laughs> I live. An episode directed by Lavar Burton. Oh yeah. He's got right, a new LeVar. podcast uh, that uh, is pretty good. Oh yeah. Yeah, he, he reads stories. I was about to say, did he give up on reading Rainbow? No, yeah, well, he's got a podcast where he just reads short stories to adults. Like, it's, oh, it's nice. LeVar Burton Audio Book Theater. I don't know. It's pretty fun. Well, if there's a short story about protons or dark matter or something <laughs> like that, he's, he's going to sell that techno babble like nobody yeah, else. He's got, yeah. he's got oh, skills and that. If, if it's got ionic interference on it, he's your man. Yeah. Um, this, this episode is pretty notable for uh, a couple things. One is we get to see... Kira's weird top that uh <laughs> pretty much the whole that, episode <laughs> that right the weird top yeah well uh, her I didn't even pay her lacy to... her lacy top that we've been sort of making fun of the old oh, she's... that we thought they'd gotten rid of oh but... she's in that th I, I wasn't paying I, well, I should have paid better attention she's sweaty she has the bare arms, which is uh, uh, a, a comfort that couldn't be afforded to Mark Alamo. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, who wears the same rubber, like Lon Chaney vamp Frankenstein suit? He has to. Wear, he wears it every. Yeah, episode. yeah. I, I think the quote that I wrote down from him was like, "This heat feels wonderful, doesn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I bet it does, Mark Alamo. Yeah, see, it's like he looks like Gene Simmons lost in like Death Valley. <laughs> he looks horrible. Yeah. He looks skinnier than usually usual, like he sweated off in a sauna, just like waiting for the, to shoot. Yes, there was sometimes where his makeup looked 
horrible. Yeah. I mean, but like they really were like uh, like a North California. They were uh, in the the same desert they always go to. <laughs> sure. The go to desert. The go to desert. I don't know. I think Rick Berman knew a guy or something. Like, I don't know. Like they owned this part of desert or something. But yeah. So yeah, they did. They I didn't notice because they had that like washed out kind of oversaturated camera. Yeah. On it. But you know, he had to be sweating under that shit. <laughs> and what was the other? You said there's a couple things that you noted. Um, it looked like that they stole some props from the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Specifically Princess Leia's helmet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the first appearance of the brain, right? Yes. Is this the first appearance of the brain? I thought we had the brain before. Nope, it's the first appearance. It's not their first mention. They've been talked about a ton in Next Generation. Oh, really? This is the first time you ever saw them, yeah. Huh. Didn't they show up on Enterprise? Or is that probably? Yeah, I think so. I don't remember. And they're a big they're a big thing in the storyline. Uh, yeah, they're pretty big in DS9. Of course, mm. you know, I haven't seen Enterprise, but I, of course they have to rehash everything from every other series that happened a century or two centuries later. Yeah. I'm not totally sure, but I I can check. That. I'm sure they probably they didn't go out of their way to show you what they look like under the suits in Enterprise because that it doesn't look like they were. First off, uh, the description of the IMDb kind of buries the lead here. It says Ducat has a secret. Um, long story short, he kind of bogarts a rescue mission of right. Kira's, right? Yeah, it yeah. starts off, well, when the episode, the cold open, it's like, you know, we started off with Way of the Warrior, which was like all Worf. And then we've hardly had Worf in any of the episodes since because there's Way of the Warrior and then The Visitor where he's not in at all. And then... Is he in this uh, Is he in this at all? Well, it, it comes up at the first scene. He's like, Kira is like worshiping some or some candles or whatever it is she does, you know. Mm-hmm. Or she's she's meditating and then she's like, Major Kira, paging Major Kira, Major Kira, <laughs> you have a call at the front desk. <laughs> Because he's like, oh, Major Kira, there's this guy says he knows you. And she's like, what? And he's, and he's, you know, classic Worf, like, shut up, Worf. Yes, it's fine. Where he's like, oh, do you want me to, this seems, this feels like a trap. And he's like, no, Worf, it's I, a, I think, I still Kikarn. think, guys, I still think, and I, and I'm going to say this next week too. I still think that the writers were trying to build a romance between Kira oh, and Oh, since Worf. we said that, yeah, I do too. I think since I saw this last week. Uh, since you mentioned it last week, I saw it more this week in this episode, yeah. Yeah. specifically with this whole this whole scene that Wade's talking about. Mm-hmm. I felt like they were doing something here. I thought they were saying that like a guy wants to talk to you that irritates me oh. or like I think that a man wants to talk to you. And like, I guess he had seen him like because he's kind of a weaselly fat guy. Yeah. And then like and I think he was like. Is this the kind of guy you're into? You're like, this is the kind of guy that calls upon you? Mm-hmm. He claims to be an old friend. And so I still think, yeah, I think that they're doing that. And next huh. week, there's scenes, too, that I think they're doing it with. Well, you know what I got from this episode? Everybody wants to fuck Kira. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they definitely are uh, the other one, too. Yes, they are advan- very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone in this pl- everyone in this episode, but Cisco. <laughs> yeah. And maybe yeah. not even him, because he's desperately trying to get out of his relationship. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, or, or, or or just not one. He's not one. <laughs> yeah. to, he's not one to cut bait on other on other rods sure. just yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. But, but yes. So, uh, yeah, no, so, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reska Karn has found remains of the Ravenock, and then I meant to look up in Memory Alpha. Did 
Rezka Karn, the the fat pudgy Bajoran guy, did he show up anywhere else in TNG or something? It felt like he looked familiar to me, but uh, I may have just been remembering him from when I watched this episode in a rewatch years ago. He's something. coded with just being one episode. Okay, because that actor looked familiar too. But oh, the actor, I don't know. Let me check the actor. Or maybe I was just confusing him with Louis Anderson. Oh, it looks like the actor's done a ton of shit. The actor's been like, yeah, he's. No, I mean on on Deep Space Nine, like he's. Uh, okay. Yeah. He's a regular. Yeah, he seemed like a regular. Like He's a friend, Anyways. Of, friend of Armin Shimmerman's and Brent Spiner's. What? Yeah. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Brent Spiner and Armin Shimmerman, are they friends in real life? Well, they just had, uh, I noticed on Twitter, they just had lunch with Rick Bourbon like a, a week ago. Uh, I think so. Okay, yeah. They're uh, both no. very charismatic, friendly guys. They mm. were both in uh, Woody Allen's Stardust Memories. All three of them were. Oh, okay. So, oh, that guy's been in Woody Allen stuff, huh? That makes sense. Well, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't mean that as a criticism. I mean, he was in Scrooge. He was in Scrooge. I remember him vaguely in Scrooge. Mm, mm-hmm. That's a movie I've seen a lot. So yeah, that might yeah. be a touchstone for a lot of. Yeah, yeah. I remember him. I've seen him in a lot of things. Yes. Is the short version. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So he's got the Ravenock. He's called Kira. Kira's like, all right, I'm I'm out. I'm going. And then Cisco comes in and says, hey, I hate to be a, um, a dick here, but you're going to take a Cardassian with you. I don't because because it was a Cardassian ship, the Ravenock, apparently. Yeah. And she's like, ah, well, fine. Fuck it. OK, <laughs> just tell him not to be late or I'm going without him. And then Ducat shows up with a duffel bag, and she's like, what? <laughs> he comes in with, like, literally a gym bag, and he's like, who's ready <laughs> yeah, to yeah. play some b-ball? Like, <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, so you got a pickup game coming? Up? <laughs> yes. But no, uh, yeah, so they spend a good amount of time between those two. I, I mean, like, a good chunk of, like... Oh, yeah, and then it turns into, like, oh, you know, I was watching this with my girlfriend, and she's like, they're gonna fuck. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> They're doing some, you know, moonlighting, you know, yeah. like, uh, oh, they hate each other. Oh, we know how this is going to end, right? So, the, okay, so the writers went way into, like, doing that. Yeah. And, and like, I don't know how far they want. They, none of them are, they're all sort of cagey about how far they wanted to go. But obviously, and I think this is fine, that but that Mark Alamo was, like, big into it. Yeah. Oh, he and was it, into it as an actor? Into the seeing... Yeah, them fuck. Uh, yeah, well, well, that's that makes the role more juicy from his perspective. Yeah, totally. And I, I, I did like how this episode goes into the paint for it. Like when she sees, so they land on, they land on the place, and they're searching the bodies. And he's like, "No, I need to do this." And mm-hmm. and she's like, "No, what?" And then Quotes he quotes Bajoran scripture. Yeah, or uh, Kai Marisa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking right at it. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, the Bajoran. That's they're just the the bodies are just a shell on their next destination to the see the prophets or whatever. And hot, sexy shell. (laughs) 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 And so they he digs through the graves or whatever, and she's like, she sees him. She's like, oh my god, he he does have a heart or whatever, and and it feels (laughs) like they're really selling like maybe she's gonna turn on him and see him for a a good okay guy. But then when he reveals, she sees that he's got a Bajoran promise bracelet or whatever <laughs> that he digs up. And she's like, oh. I recognize a Bajoran pledge bracelet when I see one. And then she, she's like, oh, well, you a lot of Bajorans had mistresses or whatever. And it's like, no, she wasn't a mistress. I loved her. And she's like, what? The head of the occupation. 
in love with a Bajoran. But still, you were fucking her, and she wasn't your wife, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. It's like you, I, I have you have a wife and seven children. I was like, yeah, I didn't tell her about this, but <laughs> yeah, no, no shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then she finds on the Ravenock. They found it because of the all the ionic disturbances and stuff. She, and then she finds the logs and sees that there was a oh because she her what is her name Tora not Z, Zial's daughter and oh, then oh the yeah, the yeah Tora Naprem because Bajoran last names are their first names yeah like, yeah but and so Tora Naprem is the one that he gave the promise bracelet to and and then she finds like there was a Tora Zial on there and he's like uh yeah well, you won't believe me if I said they were sisters would you and she's like nope. That's fucking stupid because Ziel's a Cardassian name. He's like, uh, and she's playing around like, well, pussyfooting around. He's like, well, yeah, it was my daughter. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah she's about to lay it out. She's like, the way I see it. <laughs> yeah. 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 You yeah. see it right. Yeah. And, but then she's like, oh, oh, but then he's like, oh yeah. And then I'm going to kill her. I have no choice. Then at that point, the romance just turns and it cuts off like, oh, wait a minute. He is a son of a bitch. She doesn't care for him. She's not going to fall for him. Yeah. And then it kind of gets Well, especially at a scene later when he's like, when I find her, I got to kill the bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, she's like, uh, f- no. Yeah, so. He's got to uh, get what, he's got to do what needs to be done, right? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. The whole, right. That's the whole point. What, what, what is that? Is that the second act turn where we get to the second act and that kind of happens? Yeah, well, it's yeah, like at the end of. And then the second act and then the third act, you got to like go get her and then he. Right, right. He sees that she's like, but oh, but, but before then he sits on a sand spine, right? Yeah, oh my god, <laughs> fuck that scene. The anal okay, sex so scene like the writers were really happy for themselves for writing that scene, the sand spine scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I just thought it was like like a fucking like Road to Cairo, <laughs> Bob Hope, and like, like oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, that's exactly the kind of stuff that yeah, was. I, I sat on something. Get it out. Get it out. Yeah. Oh, what is it? Oh, I sat on something. Oh. Let me see. This is going to hurt. Yeah, and That it was, was some, uh, like, Highway to Heaven type <laughs> 80s <laughs> type stuff. I loved it. Well, it's I ha- liked that. Oh, well, I liked it a lot. I, liked I mean, who doesn't thing. like Victor French in a in a A's cap? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong to love it, Wade. I'm just saying. Okay, That's yeah, what yeah. it was like. I, I love Victor French, man. He's, <laughs> is it actually Explain what? who Victor French is for their, our millennial audience. Oh, uh, yes. There, well, there was, there, well, first I have to explain who Michael Landon is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pop. He's like the James Franco of his day. Yes. And uh yes, and Michael French is like uh James Franco's friends that are in He's James like uh he Dave Franco. Victor French yeah, Victor French was like the Seth Rogan of his day. No, yeah. Um, no, uh, there's this old show called Highway to Heaven, <laughs> and it was about an angel, angel, and who? his drunk ex-cop uh buddy who helped mm. like they helped people and um and cheesy stuff would happen it, right it was basically the plot of the incredible hulk tv show right he travels down the road mm-hmm. and helps people yeah but he's an angel yeah except, except he had a he had a he had an amazing mullet <laughs> mm. uh like he really was like an epic michael landon mullet was pretty yeah. epic and and yeah uh, he was the dad on little house on the prairie right and his best friend in little house on the prairie also played by victor french so yeah, okay. so, yeah. so there you go kids <laughs> mm-hmm. victor french is the <laughs> man t- 
<laughs> a little television lesson for you on this Star Trek. I, I'd like to have seen Victor Fridge get more non-Michael Landon-based work. <laughs> so but is he like Dom DeLuise in... To, uh, to, to his Burt Reynolds, yes. <laughs> yeah, in the Cannonball Run. That's, exa- that's exactly right. I was looking yep. for the right... Yeah, that, that was it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what our millennial audience can relate to. <laughs> <laughs> All dogs go to heaven. The good, there's the other dog. And like the, yeah. the, the two dogs. <laughs> now, um, okay. Oh, the other thing about the oh. Sandspine thing, I wanted to point out for our millennial. No, mm-hmm. uh, he's rubbing the thing on his butt. But from what I, from my perspective, Cardassians obviously do not have tails. That is true. Like that would have been the perfect time if. If Cardassians had tails, that would have been the perfect time to deal with the fact they have tails. Yeah. When- Sorry, Tumblr. <laughs> All right, moving on. Yeah, okay, so let's get into the weird stuff. Okay, so the white <laughs> yeah. man's burden. Forget Cardassian tails. Let's get into the weird stuff. Um, yeah. I, uh, oh, yeah. This is where I think that the Cardassian, like where the Cardassian viewpoint is really sort of laid out. And in a way that I don't, like I think it just kind of sits there as like a, it's there to just give Ducat a point of view but this idea that they but that they were that they they made the Bajorans better that the Bajoran is oh, like yeah, a, he has a, got that whole scene that the Bajorans are like a like a new uh, like a race or like a people or a race or a species for a new era and they were made that way in the crucible of the Cardassian conflict and that the that was, you know, that the card, you know, he's not trying to like the Cardassians aren't blameless or whatever. He's trying to make friends in his new liberal, like communist government that he's still a part of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if he's trying to like start a new mindset, that this idea that they were made better and that Kira was made stronger, it's an idea that's odious, but it's also an idea that's hard to argue against. And so I think that's why, like, they don't give Kira a very good like response. Like, it's, well, it's, not, it's not hard to argue against if think, you're a reasonable yeah. person. Yeah, I but think, it's hard I to think, do it in the context of a Star Trek TV show. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought. I thought it was just self evident because, like, but I mean, it's part of what well, makes. When you're Ducat arguing with racists, great... I find that very few things are self evident. <laughs> well, oh yeah. Well, I don't. I don't have a YouTube page where <laughs> no, I, I, know, I delve I know, into yeah. the stuff. <laughs> That's true. But I mean, from her whole point, yeah, but that's what makes him such a great villain is that like he, from his, I mean, that's, you know, uh, unlike most Marvel movies, (laughs) I haven't seen Spider-Man yet as of this recording, the villains are just black hats or whatever. And what's so great about the cut, at least at this point in the series, like he thinks he's the good guy and he thinks that Cardat, he epitomizes what Cardassian values Mm -hmm. that are, you know, they're space Nazis that they're superior and that they've helped the Bajorans by putting them through this crucible. And yeah, and it, I don't know. It's just great. I forgot where <laughs> I was going. With well, no, but it is not, it's not. Okay. So it's, it's also, it's, it's clearly, it's just taken directly from uh, a lot of sort of colonialist British viewpoints about the, at the fall of their empire. We made South Africa stronger. Clearly they did. India. We, <laughs> uh, that we made India stronger. We made Hong Kong stronger. They look at it that way and they say that, well, we, not only did we bring the advances of, of Western civilization, I'm sure Cardassians would say that not only did they bring the advancements of Cardassian civilization, because he specifically says that they were a listless nomadic people. Or a, a hermit people, uh, like yours. No, they were they were um, cont- the weak contemplative race. A is content- what he says. contemplative race. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I guess I got a, I guess uh, I got an image of like Japan, or like pre well, like non imperial yeah. era Japan. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I saw it as because 
I mean, the Bajorans harp on everything about before the occupation, they were, you know, they were artists like and thinker, artsy French yeah. people, artists and religious and peaceful people, which is, you know, in their opinion, a nice thing. And then these Cardassians came and fucked it all up, <laughs> which I is a view I sympathize with. Yeah. But, you know, but now that they're, a, you know, like they're a, f- a major player in this in the quadrant. Well, it's just kind of know, ridiculous because they're a major player because of the, the wormhole, the wormhole. But they can <laughs> so, keep it because they had to fight for it. So, well, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. So and that they're made of they have a steel element and people like Kira are not to be fucked with. And that Kira only happened because of the Cardassian revolution or Cardassian occupation. Right. Yeah. So he's yeah. like, you're all a generation raised amongst this revolution and you're all harder and better for it. Right. Right. I, in some ways, it's a little bit of a... Okay, so I guess I'm going to say, like, where do we get... Because I, clearly, Dukat is sexually attracted to, like, almost exclusively, it seems, sexually attracted to Bajorans. To Bajorans, yeah. And so, like, I guess you're supposed to think of, like, a Thomas Jefferson... Like, how racist is he? Or, uh, like, are you supposed to find him fucking only exclusively Bajorans gross? Well, it's like... Or, well, no, or, or you li- are except- a liberalizing element of him? Or You are that he falls in love with Torah Naprim is, like, supposed to be endearing towards him, you know, yeah. but a lot of, I mean, I saw it as like Cardassians had a lot of Bajoran comfort women is what yes. <laughs> Kira's per- point of view was like, oh yeah, a lot of people had mistresses. But the, I, and then he's like, no, I loved yeah. her. And he, I gave her this bracelet, you know, yeah, that he, which I think shows up later on. But I think you're supposed to think it's like a Thomas Jefferson, Sally Hemings kind of thing. Uh, oh, between him and... Yeah, um, yeah, we're getting on all the uncomfortable things here, but like... Yeah, I saw, I mean, in my head, because I just was probably hung up on, like, the world where just the Japanese and Koreans kind of thing. Yeah, but that's true, yeah. I but, think you. I think that's a fine, and you know, both analogies work. Yeah, I mean, there's a... there. there I'm sure there was a, like, a, like a rape and the king kind of element, but not, yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. this is all, like... I think this makes... It makes it interesting... And, and part of me, it's so interesting that I wish I wish they'd take it a, like a little bit further. Like I would have like, okay, let's have this fucking like, let's have this conversation. But they they built Kira as such that she doesn't she doesn't have time for the shit, you know. So when he says you know, for, for which shit? like whatever, yeah. like that's her character. I don't have time for this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Generally, like it's her T-shirt. It's and uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, because uh, if you keep in mind, she's not she didn't she's not like welcoming the Dukat drama. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, you're right. No. And he and and that's her response is that she feels that he's trolling her and she just she deploys anti-trolling devices like <laughs> like Cisco's right. You like to talk a lot, you know. And it's not like she's not engaging him. And that's that's totally the right way to handle like what he's doing. But oh, yeah. but for me I like from what? a perspective, I you know, I think he I think that he's has a viewpoint that is sound enough to argue against. Not that it's sound, but it's not like right. it's it's not dumb. Like I think that she 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 would I don't know. I would want to see her push back on that. See, I saw this episode as a gr- great way of like a, a wonderful way to set that up. Yes. Yeah. To where if further episodes they want to like like I said, like my girlfriend's like, oh, they're gonna fuck like, well, <laughs> then maybe not in this episode, but it's a, it's the perfect episode to set that up happening later on, yeah. in the series, if that's where they wanted to go. Yeah, and I think they like to keep that ambiguous at the end. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. or that. Oh, at the very or end, that Kira, this guy, this 
this homicidal motherfucker wants to fuck her. Right. And that's a problem into itself. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, they, they rescue ZL from the Breen. And, you know, like the Breen live on a really cold planet and this, they're in this desert. Mm-hmm. They've crash landed. So they're forcing the Bajorans and the Cardassians to, to mine dilithium for them. And uh, Kira's like, that's fucked up. And Dukat's like, well, you know, I respect it because that's smart. <laughs> and she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, right. And then they go and then they save Z- He's going to go kill Zial. And she's like, what the fuck? And she's going to, she has a great line. It's like, well, first she's like, okay, you go back to DS9 and I'll stay here. And he's like, you go back and I'll stay. He's like, I'm not letting you. And she's like, if you if you hurt that girl, I promise I'll kill you. Which is the way her rating of that. That was a great thing. Yeah, she's, yes. I promise I'll kill you. Yeah. So, yeah. And then they, they rescue Zial and he he's, he's going to shoot her. They've got like a, well, no, two parts of a Mexican standoff. <laughs> is that racist? Uh, or just, oh, it's, oh, no, that's just a standoff. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just a, yes. <laughs> Mexican standoff's three people, right? Me- yeah, you have uh, to. Is have... that racist? I don't know. I'll send it to the committee and see what they say. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, if it is, I'm sorry. Uh, it's just a term I grew up with. He's going to, but then he decides I can't kill my own daughter because. Cardassians do care about family, and he do, he does love her apparently. But she she sees it happening, and the, the, what's the the actress that plays Zial does a great fucking job. Yeah, so. and don't get used uh, to her. She there are three actresses yeah. in total that play this character throughout the show. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. did she? Get, yeah, I was like, did she get older? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She plays her for one more episode, and then yeah, there's like three actresses in total that play her for the next four seasons yeah but then he decides not to kill her and then they're gonna go back to cardassia so (laughs) i guess it's not that damning of information oh it's very damning because how i mean at the at the very end well because his enemies can and use it against him because they're all okay 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 come on if donald trump they're space nazis man like a, a illegitimate 14-year-old. With his Mexican housekeeper who's with undocumented. His, with yeah. his Mexican undocumented Mexican housekeeper. The, like, specifically, this is the Arnold Schwarzenegger story. Um, <laughs> like, it really is. Uh, like, yeah, uh, that, yeah, no, that's well, that's career ending. Yeah. yeah. But... And then he's going to take her back and then but Kira... Then eventually, you, you're... I know it's career ending. Well, for a normal... But, in 1993, like now, like, fuck, who cares? We live in fucking the hell. We live at the brink of the end of existence. But like, yes, at the time, like, I could see that. And then well, Kira even says at the end, like, she's getting off. Her and Dax are having, like, a talk about, like, oh, that must have been a crazy week with Dukat. And she's like, well, yeah, you don't know the half of it. And then, then she runs into Dukat, and Kira, and Dax is like, well, I'm going to leave you two alone. Like, she's the she's the <laughs> zany friend from every rom-com. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I think I'll leave the two of you alone. And then uh, Dukat's like, well, nope, I'm taking I'm taking Zial back to Cardassia. And Kira's a little bit taken aback. She's, she's like, well, won't that make things difficult for you? And then Dukat is like charismatic enough. He just says, I'll let you know. I let you know. And then he gives her the hardest, like, fuck, yep, uh, sex eyes. Mm-hmm. And that Kira is just like, whoa, she gets the vapors <laughs> a little bit. He says to her, essentially, like, I'm pretty sure my wife's going to leave me when I get home. So I'll be single. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. all he says, all he says is, I'll let you know. But the way he says it is just like so charged that like, all right, oh, they they might fuck later. I don't know. I mean, I know, yeah. but like, I don't like, know. Like, Wait, I didn't pick up on any of that. But 
Um, were you having a hard time concealing your raging boner throughout this whole episode? <laughs> <laughs> My boner for Ducat or for, for just the, the whole thing to go down? <laughs> Dude, yeah, I didn't. I Maybe. have to say that I was a little, I was a little bit blind to it because we always know that like he's scuzzy to her. But no, like their writers talk about, um, Memory Alpha talk about it a lot, yeah. or at least more than I thought. So it was intended. Yeah. So, and it was. Well, I guess if you're looking, yeah. And it's, well, that last line, it's all nuance and in, in the mm. direct, in the acting. Like it's not in the, it, you know, the line in the script is just, I'll let you know if it's a problem. But he's like, like yeah, I'll let you know. And just like. I'll let you know. Mark Alamo is giving them sex eyes is pretty effective huh. for me. I don't are know. Are you supposed to, if you were a fan at this period, are you supposed to want to see the face turn of Goldicott? Like, yeah, I don't, like, that's a you, great question. I'd, I'd like to hear from some of our people who watched it live and had real feelings about it one way or the other, because I have just, no I, idea. I guess your first, I mean, maybe if you're just your first viewing too, I don't know. Cause I didn't, I, I don't know. I liked Ducat and I just assumed that he would, that there wouldn't be these huge movements. Yeah. But like, I think like, like Garrick had a face turn. He was brought in as clear villain. I don't know. We're not a clear villain, but like a, right. An unclear villain. And now right. like over time that shifted to like a, Rapscallion, you know, like a lovable Rapscallion. Right. And I don't know if Ducat, they were trying to sort of make that shift well, too. I don't, I think that's part of it seems like that's what's so great about Ducat because, like, even uh, Raska Karn, the round, yeah, fat guy, Bajoran, when Kira and Ducat show up at in the in the Badlands or whatever, he's like, shit, you didn't tell me you were bringing this guy. Mm. You know, um, the Maquis would, pay, the Maquis, whose favorite, would pay handsomely <laughs> for him. Kira says something, oh, he seems nice. It almost makes you forget, he's on our side now. It almost makes you forget that, you know, he was the guy in charge of the occupation who was basically in charge of the, you know, killing Bumajorans mm. and stuff. And they're like, so they're throwing around like, oh, he seems nice now, but no. And then they just toss in like, but he was an evil motherfucker that was killing people. Yeah. Like basically, but, but yeah. I was thinking, like you think of the in like during their scenes in the way of the warrior, when it's like Garrick and him in the hallway defending the. Now I understand, like through the course of the plot, you want to see that succeed, but still, there's like a moment where you're like, "Yeah, get him, Garrick, and go to cut," you know, like beat yeah. the bad guys. Yeah, right. Yeah, I could see that. And, and I could so, see that. Yeah, and so I think there's like a time where that like they're. I mean, I think that I think you're supposed to be on that roller coaster. I think that's. I think you're supposed to be wanting to see that face turn. Yeah. We'll see over the coming Speaking, over the coming episodes, but yeah. <laughs> right, right. Speaking of romance, do we want to talk about this? You fuck right, we want to talk about this people. Oh my god, <laughs> this <laughs> might be my least like. I'm at. Let's you, not a fan. Before we get into the actual nuts and bolts of it, let me ask you this: Did this particular story have to happen? I loved it. I actually, don't, yeah, I think that this is. A, we bitched enough about how the, the writers in seasons one through two and a half, maybe, had no idea how the fuck relationships between men and women work. Right. Yeah. Again, this felt like a real relationship. They're not going on fucking picnics. I think you that know? this is the way to like because you're because it's like a misogynist cliche and it's turning it's turning turning him into that. Yeah. But I think that he's fighting against that clearly. Yeah, I think. They, but I like think he's they, still like he's still feel, and I gotta say like like I've always said that I'm married I've been married for a long time I'm super happy mm-hmm. I, I don't if if I was ever in a situation and I don't know the situation but I can't imagine me wanting to do this again and I think probably he was the same way he probably feels the same way and so sure. like yeah 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 you know so he's enjoying it he's having a good time in the relationship but then the situation changed 
And he's like, what, whoa, 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 what the fuck is this? I, I think that's a very natural thing. He didn't, he wasn't saying, I don't want this. Right. He was just saying, what the fuck is this? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought I was, yeah, like, you know, and I, I feel like I've been in his yeah. position before. <laughs> uh, and, you know, like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I mean, I, I like this relationship. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I, I, I really enjoy this relationship. I'm, but, like, I was comfortable, but now... It's moving on to where we have to take next steps. And, and they, they I just don't, wasn't planning on that right now. They don't botch her response to it. No, yeah. And and I think that she responds perfectly, like, fuck, this could happen or this could not happen. What the fuck? Like, you know, but like... Right, right. This ain't going to affect... You, you're not going to affect me getting a job or not. Yeah, I mean, the, the danger is that it falls into that cliche of like, men are sure are afraid of commitment, aren't they? Yeah, well, and I think it was treading that tone oh, a little bit. I, th- I thought it subverted that though. I was it got close. How did, how did like, it get subverted? How wasn't it? It just well, that, the fact that his son talks some like no because well I think mostly through Avery Brooks's acting, which is pretty good. No, but this isn't like he this this isn't like I like to fuck around and I don't want to like this isn't when Harry met Sally. Yeah, this is like a, I like my wife. He's died. not Charlie Sheen and the, like yeah. and it, my wife died because of my job. And you're on a station that has very, like, th- three weeks ago almost got totally fucking destroyed. And and you were a part of that. That was a fucking problem then. So you're already a problem. Yeah. And and this could be, like, this station is, <laughs> there's a 40% chance this station blows up. And it's, it's enough that I have to have my son on here. But, like, like, to add more, like, I'm not looking to take more people into the sinking boat kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I think that, like, he's 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 got sort of a sense of uh, morbidity about people close to him. A little bit. And, and, I, and I think that he just didn't want to, he didn't want to bring her into that for himself. He didn't want to go through that himself. He didn't want to have that responsibility. But also he didn't want to bring someone else into that. Yeah. I when think it, this is different than I just, maybe maybe you're not the girl I want to be the only girl I fuck. <laughs> yeah. Right, no, it's totally different than that. Yeah. And when it gets serious, when it gets a little bit heavier, it totally gets into like my wife died. Yeah, but that's most of this B plot is a lot lighter than that, and it's more everybody like, else's reaction me, and their uh, yeah. yeah yeah. And you know, I I've never had a significant other die on me. I'm not you know, mm. so I don't know about that. But I could relate to a lot to the. Uh, you know, like oh, I like I, I'm I I'd be willing. I see myself getting serious with this person. I just didn't expect it happening this quickly, you know. Or like oh my god, it's just that she's talking about moving in already. Like, uh, well, and that's all Dax and Bashir. And, and but, she didn't uh, die. I mean, she didn't just like die of cancer. No, Picard like, killed she her. She died of like yeah, <laughs> Picard killed her. He, she died yeah, exactly. of like because he his life choices made her have to be on a thing that was getting killed by Picard. Yeah. So (laughs) I think that's a legit, like when he got to that point, I think it was there. I think it was empty, but I think that all of the conversation up to then with Dax and, and he was never saying anything. It it was funny to me. Like, well, he's walking down and Dax is like, so is it serious? I was like, I don't know, man, we're taking it easy. I don't think she wants it that serious. And then she shows up and she's like, Oh, I got this job. And Dax is just like, oh, oh, that's great. Okay, well, we should. We, this this sounds like a great thing to talk about. And then Dax is like, yeah, this is great. I'm glad this has worked out. And it's like, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. And I do think that this is a plot line that could have been sexually reversed. 
Like, I think if you had, like, if Janeway would have, could have done the same, been in the same situation, you know, or a female Cisco could have been like, what, what, what the fuck, freighter I've been dating? Like, yeah, what yeah. are you doing? Like, you, you know, so I, I don't necessarily, I mean, I think it was a part of, I think that their, their tensions came from their positions, their career positions, not necessarily their, I don't know. Right. Yeah. And, but it does, they do play with some familiar beats. I would argue that they do it clever. I think like Quark giving him like, like now I will say that was some some of my favorite stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The Quark stuff is the best. I was reading Roosh V comments like, (laughs) like, have you read my, my, my book, Bang Cardassia? Women are the enemy. Treat them accordingly. I, I think that would, yeah, like that was pretty great. Him having these. Yeah. And we will like he, I mean, it gets back into the DS9 trope of everybody knows everybody's business on the station, mm-hmm. which I yeah. like. And uh, I think it's a wonderful use of Dax and Bashir when they're at Quark's and Quark is the Rouge V yes. uh, advice. Cause it's, it's Dax and Bashir are like two old men in a Coen brothers movie, (laughs) you know, given, well, I think this, oh, well, did you say that's a big step or that's a very big step? They're back and forth. And that is like, this is the best use of Dax and Bashir that we've gotten. They're most charismatic, most fun to watch. Even ending with a little button of like, well, what do you think? That's a big step. (laughs) Well, it's a very big step. yeah, Yeah. So I think that, yeah, that was... That was some Cohen brother writing right there's, there. There's yeah. there's something about Deep Space Nine that lends itself to more bits. Yeah, yeah. And then they they go for it, and even when and then he's talking to Jake in their quarters or whatever, and then it's just all it's another kind of pairing. Nog doesn't show up in this episode. It's like, well, I was talking to Nog about it, and Ben Cisco is like, what? What you were talking to Nog the Ferengi? Like. <laughs> Yeah, Nog and I think that you should do this. Like, like, I'm like, like he's now like under my command, and you're talking about like who I fuck with this guy. Uh, Like, yeah, like no, okay. So you said that about the bits. Like, do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? (laughs) Me, I think it's fine. I I like it. I like it all right. I guess. I think it's how they build a lot of camaraderie. Sure. And, and and I think instead of just going and talking to Guinan for character development, I think I like it. I think I like it when it's well done. It's horrible. When oh, it's, yeah. That, the, when it's, it's horrible. When it's, it's Yeah, it's it's like anything. It's 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 like cooking. It's like porn. It's good when it's good, and it's bad when it's bad. You know, but in, by, <laughs> in theory, it's a good thing. There's a similar tone at the end of almost every episode of the original series. Yes. Where there's a little light light button mm-hmm. of interpersonal whatever you know re- yeah. relationship or play between bones and spock or or Scotty just everybody and, on the yeah. bridge mm-hmm. yeah there's a little bit of that yeah and it's i think it's i think it, it not only builds camaraderie amongst the cast and not only builds camaraderie amongst characters in the show but i think it builds camaraderie with an audience between an audience yeah and, well they're and surrogates a, yeah the char- yeah yeah, yeah. The, it makes yeah. that element unlike we think of it more because it shows to sci-fi and has a pretty notoriously dark dorky fan base. But like all shows to some degree are friendship simulators. Right. To some degree. And I think that that goes a way, long ways towards doing that. There was one show that was such a friendship simulator they just called it friends. <laughs> yes, that was actually gonna make a friends analogy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they just called They're it not just friends. They're your friends too, people. Yes. Right. Oh yeah. Oh right. my god. Yes. 
I know them. I have friends like that. They're like yeah. my friends. My friends We're all friends. have really, really nice apartments in New York. Finally, Cisco finally apologizes to Cassidy Yates because she gets mad at him at dinner because, well, he is being a dick or he's being unreasonable or now he's not even being that he's just being weird it's a big step and i i appreciate his weirdness and like when he's uncomfortable he just makes a joke and laughs at things <laughs> i kind of do that in my relationship a little bit <laughs> i am enthusiastic i got to i got to be honest with you that's one thing i did notice is that uh awkward awkward fun uh fun goofy uh cisco yes. in this episode was deployed yeah. but it was deployed as clearly a smoke screen yeah. Like, and so yeah. it was used like almost in canon. Like, it was like, great. Yeah, exactly. He, I thought that was great. It. Like, he clearly yeah, deployed yeah. it to, uh, to, uh, as like a fake thing. So it was, uh, yeah. He's like, I know, I'm great. I'm great. <laughs> I'm great. <laughs> like, uh, and then eventually he realized, you know, he has the whole like, look, my wife died because of my career. I don't want to do this. Yeah. You know, I don't want to bring it. But I'm a magnet for death. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, well, you, did you talk to Jake? It's like, yeah, I did. And it's like, yeah, he's a smart kid. Smarter than, he must have get that from his mom. Oh, wait, that's so awkward. Yeah, bring uh-huh. up the dead wife. <laughs> it's a real boner yeah, killer. Yeah, she did that. It's like, a, I think it was borderline. And I, I think I think she deployed it with confidence. Uh, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I give her credit for it. Like, yeah. Because he apologizes, and then she's like, oh, I said I wasn't going to take the job, but fuck you, I was taking the job because it was a good job. Yeah, I yeah. wasn't going to not take the job because of you, you son of a bitch. Like, it's like, oh, okay. Oh, I do okay. like any, any opportunity to show Cassidy Yates, you know, uh, you know, deploying her, own, you know, any sort of agency. Because that's completely rare on TV still for women to get to do that. Yeah. And then he goes in when he's like, oh, well, I'll help you look for a place. And she's like, all right. He goes in for a kiss and she just kind of, she slightly just dodges out of the way and he's like, oh, <laughs> shit. All right. I had that coming. It was, it was, it was nice. Yeah, I think, and I think they did write by her. I think that I criticize the writers a lot for writing some weak ass fucking women and yeah. boy, do they. But, and I'm sure they still do. <laughs> but like, that, they, <laughs> this wasn't it. This wasn't, this wasn't that turn. So. I don't know if they're getting advice from better people or something. I don't know. But are they just treating women like human beings? Uh, yeah. Or? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know where they got these crazy ideas, but you know, I'm on board. It's a with- thing that I've always, like. I was reading something recently. I probably everybody read this when when she died. But like, uh, they asked once. Uh, you know, like Carrie Fisher was a noted script doctor, and uh, they would ask her like, "Well, what do you do?" Because you know, you have like a week to make a script better. And and she was like really good at it, and so she was like, I don't know, I just basically just make the women smarter, and I, I thought that was like, yeah, like it's a really astute, yeah. quick way to make everything better. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching, I, I watched uh, Glow this week. Uh, the, yeah, Glow is great. It is great. Um, and I watched it, and one of the things is like, there's character types in that show uh, that only come out when you have shows written by women, which are like men like. I think that we have like, you know, there's Uber bitch, there's nice girl, like we have these archetypes for women, but there's these sub archetypes that that writers can play with. Like, uh, the, 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 the somewhat pretty girl that's, that's not a bitch, but isn't likable. Like, like are, are talking you about know, nuanced like, characterization versus stereotypes. Yeah, you mean characters yes, yeah. that, that are like actual people. I well, know, yeah, it's pretty... but, but like everybody, you still have to like, you know, the dirty secret to writing is you still type something, but it's like how, like with men, there's 147 different types of of lead with women there's three that's what you need in these sort of nuances and it's 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 so it's much better 
it's better for me as a man. Like yeah. I don't. I, uh, oh, I, I, I mean, I think both of us would agree with you that we like more varieties of women. Yeah. Well, people. okay. Okay. Yeah. But like, I, I hope that they're not making TV for incels. <laughs> like, I think like that's fine. Like, but like, I think and they've been making that for 30 years. Yes. Yes. <laughs> or since TV. Exactly. Exactly. The incels have enough to watch. I think that's part of their problem. But, uh, yeah. like <laughs> there's so much anime out there, dude, to our anime loving fans. I love anime too. I love anime but, too, you know. but I don't, oh, well, I don't love anime. I don't hate it, but I just, some I, of my best friends are anime. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> my, 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 my waifu. We want to talk about ratings? Uh, and oh, yeah. Guess. Oh, well, there's one one little segment I'd like to introduce. Not too, not not a big deal. Just kind of want to pick your brain a little bit here. All right. Um, Is this the, how you doing, dude? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. How you, what do you mean? <laughs> how are you talk, feeling about? We talked about on the on the White Album. We talked about uh, having a new segment called "How You Feeling" because because <laughs> oh, there's season oh, yeah. three. <laughs> <laughs> well, this kind of relates kind of relates that, but um, no, on the um, the revisit o meter. This is sort of how I've been gauging these episodes on a scale to you know one to five, one to ten. Uh, one being you never want to think about this episode again. And 10 is like essential watching whenever you do a rewatch. Where do you put this episode? Well, it's the introduction of Zial. Okay. So I'd put it at, at a nine. But that has Are you a to big Zial? With... <laughs> Are you a big Zial fan? <laughs> All three. I, I, well, I don't know. I mean, well, I do have to say that I thought that I'd seen this recently it stuck with me like, oh, this is all very familiar. I haven't probably watched this episode for like four or five years. Mm. But when I was watching it, I was like, wait, I've watched this recently. That round uh, fat Bajoran, I, was he in TNG or something? Where do I know him from? It's like, no, it was just this episode for some reason. Felt familiar. I remembered. Yeah. Maybe just because in the, the Kira Ducat stuff seemed fam- was maybe I remembered that Sandspur pulling the butt out of his butt thing. I don't know. Okay. So, but so, okay. It felt like when I remembered the plot arc of deep space nine, this is an episode I remembered. I think that I, I think that it's more important than I loved it. Um, and I think that the scenes between Dakot, like if you were going to create like a Dakot supercut, or if you were going to, you know, like do one of those, those fan edits where you make a movie about gold Dukat. You have to keep a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I think if you have to keep a movie about Cisco, it wouldn't be there. I think that if you were like in Deep Space Nine, my enjoyment is lower, but that's compared to like, and this is what I said last week with Hippocratic Oath, is that this is a lesser episode, but the quality of the lesser episodes are peak season one, season two territory here. And so I think, and I've watched Rejoined, I've watched that, and that, that they're playing with new fire on that episode. So like, I, I do think that this is a valley in this season. All um, right. Where do you put it on a scale of one to five to revisit? Uh, I mean, uh, oh, it was a one or, to five. Oh, I put it or one to 10. Where, where do you put it on? Where do you put it on, on your revisit meter? Like you had a bad day, like, and you just want to watch something to make yourself feel better. Where do you put it? Where do you, I don't know, a two. Okay. I mean, it's not very. It ain't got. It's got Cisco, but not great Cisco. It's got like 
it, it doesn't have Worf in it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, kind of at the very beginning. Like, yeah. uh, like Cisco right. doesn't Cisco doesn't slam a table and say something goddamn right. You know, right. like right. so. Uh, I mean, that's oh, what I, I think. I love Cisco in this more than I've loved him in a lot of things because it was goofy Cisco, but it was the perfect goofy Cisco. As where before I've had issues with his. Yeah, his, this is, so I think that he's trying laughing. to strip it away from any sort of logical like of the episode, and then just is just raw, like you know, like I would rather watch uh, from Dust Till Dawn than Kill Bill, or 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 even Django Unchained. <laughs> I would. I'm just trying to take but, a step but back. But it's not and a better just, movie. Right. I understand right. that from right. Dust Till Dawn is a super shitty movie. Yeah, right. but like, yeah, so. <laughs> But we were in high school when it came out, and we were really lusting over Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek, Hayek is remember. in that movie, and it is fun, fun, fun. Like all after you get through the rapey murder shit in the first twenty minutes, it is just fucking fun, and it's uh, it really takes off, and I, I like all that shit. So yeah, I don't know, yeah. And so that's what, and on that scale, I give it a yeah. two. All right, uh, all right. That's why uh, on, I was on just... my on my me meter, I think it's a really great episode. All right. So, okay. what about you, Hugh? Where, where do oh, you stand? Like, I'm like, I'm like at a two, two as well. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, you, you got two, two, and I was, I was up there. Where are you gonna put it at, Wade? Where, do you, where did you end up? Oh, I put it at. Um, I think I put it. When I, when I thought it was a 10-point scale, I put it at a 9. For revisiting? And then y'all talked, and it's like, I'll put it at a okay. 4. Okay. Uh, you guys want to go on and guess what the good people of IMDb think of this episode? 7.7. Um, 7. You always like to be the setter, and then I have to, like, play around it. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't want you to steal my I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'll go 7.9. Wow. Wade, uh, we've got 674 votes, which is pretty high. Uh, and it is 7.6. I mean, he was really close. Oh, yeah. yeah he was really close. I'm getting a read on you got, you, got, you, got the, you got the You got your shaker sensor turned on the, the viewers. <laughs> Next week is a, is a super fucking fun one, guys. It's the... Oh, yeah. It's the... Uh, Sexy lady kiss. It's, huh? uh, it's, yes, uh, it's fun. I got a lot to say about this episode. It's, uh, it's, the, it's the kiss. <laughs> it's the gay kiss one. It's the lesbian kiss episode. So you'd want to be here for that, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, this it's a big one. So uh and and, and they may I don't know. Never mind. I just, we'll jump into that. I'll I'll get my points on that episode then. Yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll unpack that then. We don't have to All right. You all have to tune in next week for that. Yeah. You're not gonna get any free tastes this week on that. Yes. This this episode <laughs> suffered for being the episode before that episode. All right. Well, all right, well then we'll go on to uh whatever we're calling it. Uh, did nocturnal we, signals or whatever. <laughs> nocturnal emissions. Just great link. Uh. Could you muster up a little more enthusiasm? <coughs> this job. Forget about the job. I'm talking about us. Oh, oh, get it out. Oh, oh. this is going to hurt. No! Oh. Oh. Ouch. All right, here we are in voicemails, emails, and everything else. Let's just jump into it. Yep, hit it. Yep. All right, let's go. Here we have a voicemail. 
Let's see. From Kate. This is from Kate. She plays Wipeout on the drums. But I'll just let her speak for herself. <laughs> the birds and the squirrels come together around and play the guitar. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, what? Oh, I I almost didn't get that reference. Oh, really? Uh, we well, listened to that, to that. Time and yeah. call, and, and call, whatever we were, high school. Ben Folds, everybody. It's a Ben Folds song called Kate, and it's really good. Hey, millennials. Uh, <laughs> I don't know any more lyrics to Kate either, so I can't keep uh, well, it going. Fair enough. Well, let's keep this going and i'll play this now hey it's kate again um i haven't called in a while because i got super super behind on episodes of the podcast like almost two months behind but i am here i am catching up and so i just wanted to call in and say something not about any of the episodes but about my last voicemail that i sent you guys in your response to it which was several months ago um basically i talked about or i mentioned the star trek novels that i had read and I would definitely be super interested if you guys wanted to do an episode on Star Trek books. Um, and if you're looking for recommendations, these are the four that I have read. They're all about DS9. Um, the first three are a, a trilogy. It's called the Tarek Nor Trilogy, and I can't remember the individual names of all the books, but those would be easy to find. And uh, basically, it's a series that covers the entire Cardassian occupation of Bajor from, like, before it happens, just before it happens, to when the Cardassians finally leave. So it's kind of like Bajor's whole backstory up until the beginning of the show. A lot of characters from TNG and DS9 show up. You've got the main characters. Odo, Kira, and Dukat are all in it. I think Garrick's in it a little bit. Um, and Kai Wynn and the the previous Kai, Kai Opaka. And then there's a, a lot of minor characters from the show show up as well. I read those a couple years ago, but I remember really liking them. So if you guys or anybody who's listening thinks that sounds interesting, I would recommend them. The fourth book is one that I finished fairly recently. It's called The Neverending Sacrifice, and it follows Rubel, the boy from the episode Cardassian, after he is taken from his adoptive Bajoran parents to live with his biological father on Cardassia. So it covers the years between that episode and the end of the Dominion War, and it talks a lot about Cardassian culture. It goes more in-depth into Cardassian family life and also about what life is like on Cardassia for people who aren't military or political leaders. I liked it a lot, but it does contain spoilers for events through the end of the show. So if anyone out there thinks that sounds interesting but hasn't finished watching DS9 yet, don't read it. Wait till you're done with the show, then read it. Um, that's all I've got for now, but I will probably be calling you soon about episodes that you recorded a month and a half ago. Um, thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs> Kate, yeah, we are very interested in D. We, unbeknownst to our listeners, we text each other about Star Trek books all the time. And it's not, <laughs> and it's not, it's not like books that we've read. Unlike yourself, you're very well read in, in, in terms of the show and, and it's, and it's continuity and lore. No, we just like see Star Trek, crazy Star Trek books, and text each other about it. Yes, we're very interested in Star Trek books. Recently, we're, I, I recently I, I acquired a quite a large cachet of Deep Space Nine comic books, oh, right? Uh, yes, in digital form, uh, and I've been having fun. I think I shared a couple on Twitter, but uh, I've been having fun with not even real reading them, but just looking through. Like, <laughs> I would be interested in doing a lot of this. Uh, yeah. Maybe in some venue or in some way doing. There's, there's a way for us that we're going to figure out something with the books some, somewhere in the future, Kate. Yes. And, and you know, I'm looking at the Tarek Nor trilogy. It seems to be like the biggest 
or the most well received mm-hmm. of all the Star Trek Deep Space Nine books. Seems like it, it's like the book to read. Yeah, yeah. The reviews are the, pretty yeah. the, and the it, trilogy. So and it seems relatively probably spoiler free unless they get into time travel shenanigans. Yeah, that's about you know. I know there's books that take place after the show ends, but or there might be like know. I guess is I'm trying to think that there might be like later reveals that about people's past that right might yeah be that are just accepted in that but i don't know yeah there's uh there's yeah. knock books there's all kinds of stuff there was a line of oh, right. marvel comic books called starfleet academy that featured dog and his friends <laughs> on their <laughs> adventures <laughs> in uh in starfleet <laughs> and uh uh it is uh it combines like something i'm interested in knock and something that i was super super not interested in which was late 90s marvel (laughs) 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 when it was when it was at its worst the worst art the worst everything and they were doing this but Uh, uh, oh that was probably when what toy fair or whoever had the license for the Star Trek yeah, toys, right? That's right. Probably. Which well, they owned Marvel at the time, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's all kinds of licensing issues where Deep Space Nine started off com- being published by Mirage Comics and then moved <laughs> over to Marvel. <laughs> Mirage. Yeah, I know. But the artwork suffered from going to Marvel. You'd think Marvel, but that, this was Marvel. At, huh. This was right after the image guys just destroyed their business model the landscape. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. like, oh, was, Mirage Comics, you mean the people that, the Ninja Turtle guys? Yeah, Eastman and Laird. Okay. Oh, they right. owned the whole company, or they just yeah, I guess. Uh, I think on. yeah. I mean, they they after Ninja Turtles, they did. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, it's not Mirage. It's Malibu. I'm sorry. Malibu. You're oh, thinking okay. Malibu. That's what I yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That Malibu. Makes Malibu. More sense. You're right. Thank you. Sorry. That was. Oh my god. I was like that doesn't. I was like saying Mirage, and then I was like, I think that sounds right, and then you said. Uh, Ninja Turtles like, like nope that doesn't sound right <laughs> no, no yeah, it was, yeah. yeah it's Malibu yes yeah it's so, a whole different beast but it had better art like when it was on Malibu it had like this uh, I would almost like heavy metal-esque art huh. or, or oh, European well, style I'd expect from Mirage <laughs> Cause, well not well, that kind of not that kind of heavy metal art but yes because <laughs> he went on to uh, edit heavy, heavy metal, metal actually uh, Eastman or Laird did oh yeah 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 but, um um, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yes. So, yes. Well, anyway, Kate, it was good to hear from you. Feel free to talk about any Star Trek uh, comments or thoughts that you have from, from old episodes and revisit them in the voicemail. That's what the voicemails are for. So, yep. yep. Yeah, go. yeah, yeah. And, you know, we love for everybody to listen every week. But, yeah, I don't listen to all my podcasts as they come out. So, you know, do what you want. If you're a new listener and you're re and you're like going through this episode by episode and you just watch like move along home for the first time, feel free to call. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I, yeah. I would like that. Like the, the, the first time, I think the problem with that is that most people that get to that without some form of like support system to move them along, uh no move, move no, up, no, up no to pun. chat that was unfortunately <laughs> the chat too like they probably quit around that point like, probably like i'm gonna like i still haven't started pretend watching babylon 5 yet uh, but if i got to the move along home of babylon 5 i'd probably quit <laughs> oh that's that's like it, the first five episodes okay it gets better it gets, it gets better, better. All right. Yeah. So they're still. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll. I'll. Uh, I'll still. I'm still saying I'm going to give it a look. Yeah. I'm falling behind too. I need to catch up. But yep. Chastise us if we if we haven't gotten through Babylon Five fast enough for your taste. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, well, we might respond to you, but but we'll see. 
you know, yell at us for whatever you feel like yelling at us about. Yes. <laughs> and we'll, we'll at least listen to it. But yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks again, Kate. That's a good email. Always good to hear from you. And let's move on to the next thing or the end. Nope. But that's not the end right now. Now we have something from Twiggy. Twiggleson too, Kate. All, yeah. all the good, all the goodies. All right. Yeah. Nothing but the hits. All right. Here we go. And you're all the hits. Okay. Here we go. Hey guys, just a quick feedback on your episode of The Visitor. I thought it was very mature of you all that James said that Jake got sucked off to the white place and nobody laughed or even snickered at it. <laughs> and also, I like this episode because it is the point in time when we can now reference that Wade actually lost all future ambition because he realized that he's too old and can't change the course of his life. One day, I'm going to record some feedback for you that's actually constructive, but today is not that day. See you, boys. <laughs> 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 well, you know what, Twiggy, I'm I'm glad that uh my um barely keeping above water and soft <laughs> despair is entertaining for you. People are uh it seems like our generation is having pre-middle or early onset middle age crises. Um so Well, my doctor told me I was basically middle-aged now, so I don't know what to tell. <laughs> Yeah, so we need to buy a nice Not car. basically. He told me I was, and it hurt. He told you you were middle-aged? Uh, yep. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, man, you got to start taking care of yourself. You're middle-aged now. It's like, Sh- fuck you, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, would say, I would say the gentle bragging you're doing by having a doctor at all is... <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, right. I got pretty, healthcare, pretty, motherfuckers. Pretty, pretty obscene. <laughs> Sorry. So thanks a lot for that. <laughs> Didn't mean to uh, healthcare shame anybody. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I, well, let's just say I'm too old to be on my parents anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like Tony Lawrence. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, so... Uh, no, no, no. I, I, I try to keep a straight face with all of my double entendres. And, uh, and my my sexual my sexual references, but sometimes <laughs> sometimes I don't achieve total placidity. <laughs> sometimes uh, you something kind of you can't help yourself. Something just kind of yeah, blurts yeah, out. Yeah, there's sometimes where you know. I mean, it's an act of a twelve year old boy to tell a bunch of oral sex uh, oral sex entendres anyway. But uh, sometimes the you go full twelve year old. <laughs> sometimes you're middle aged. Sometimes you're full twelve year old. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Twiggy. Yeah. The, the, those. Yeah. We like all hey. of your criticism. Oh, we, we like all of it, constructive or not. <laughs> yeah. Right. And those thirty second calls are great. They're easy to use in and out. And yeah. Do you have anything to add, Hugh? No, I'm good. I, I always enjoy whenever Twiggy calls. All right. That's, that's, was that our last voicemail? Uh, yes, it was. All right. Thank goodness, because I'm starting to run out of steam. All, All right. right. <laughs> well, uh, do you guys want to give out the voicemail and plugs? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, does anybody want to plug anything? Because I got nothing. I got nothing this week. Um, two and a half. I'm a, two weeks ago, I said that I had a new. Uh, I had a new video coming out, so I'm here to report that in two and a half weeks, I'll have a video out. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, right. I will. I will. I will tease that it is on uh, cultural Marxism, the myth of cultural Marxism. Okay. There we go. All right. That's all I'll tease. All right. And hey, if you want to talk to us about cultural Marxism or a little um, weird, a different format, hit me up on Twitter. But like, if we yeah. want to talk about the Frankfurt School, no. the theories of Adorno or <laughs> Herman Mancusa. All right. 
tell, tell us all about your incel lifestyles. Yes. You're uh, watching sci-fi. You got, uh, you got the voicemail and the email? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Don't don't call us for those, but call us, well, call us for whatever, and you can reach us at 917-408-3898, or send us an email at rulesofacquisitionpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. And do all the other stuff that every other podcast asks you to do, which is, you know, tell your friends, leave reviews, mm-hmm. uh, rate us, that kind of thing. Now they increasingly say visit our Patreon, but we don't have a Patreon yet. yet. We don't have that. Yeah. Call your senator. Tell your mailman. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> tell your mailman about us. Tell, you know, all your journalist friends. <laughs> um, yeah. Tell your uh, you know. podcast influencers about us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right, right. Tell your 14-year-old daughters with a thousand followers on Instagram. Yes. No, I don't that's we need that we need that we need that millennial Instagram yeah. viewership. That's yeah. what listenership. Right. But okay, I'll shut up. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> do all the stuff. Well, on that note, uh we'll see you next week on the rules of acquisition. Three to beam out. Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line, where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes? They will play them on air and try to be nice to you, because one day they hope to sell you Blue Apron snacks and underwear made out of Modal. The number is 917-408-3898. That number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are. That is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong. So feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication. We know you love that. Again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.